the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Real Life Radio is brought to you by Cloud Roofing and River City Community Church. Grace and peace to you and welcome to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. This is a church that exists to help people find the real life they were created for. We are studying the book of Philippians in the series called Under Construction. Today it's a practical lesson in the gift of giving. The notes and the complete podcast to this message are free for the taking at reallife.org when you click on the sermon's archive link. But if you have a Bible nearby, well, it's time for Real Life Radio. Paul does some teaching. One of the other churches struggled a little more with this, and so he did more extensive teaching with them, the Corinthian church. In his second letter to the Corinthians, in chapter 9, I want to read some of his instruction. Beginning at verse 6, he says, Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. That is an expounding on what we call the law of the harvest. You reap what you sow. It is insane to think I can plant carrots, but I'm going to get cucumbers. Okay, that's just crazy. But I think often in life we think I can plant bad seeds and I'm going to get a good harvest. That's just dumb. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't work in agriculture. It doesn't work in life. And Paul is kind of expounding on that a little bit. Not only you'll reap what you sow, but he says if you sow sparingly, you're going to reap sparingly. Whoever sows generously will also reap generously. Each man should give what he's decided in his heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. This is the point. God wants us to grow in this area to learn. He wants us to be cheerful givers. And for some of you, that's a little annoying right now because you may give to people, you may give to ministry, you may give to stuff, but it's not cheerful. If you're honest, okay, in your heart of hearts, you go, yeah, I don't like it so much. I'd rather keep my stuff. And nervous laughter in the room. <laughs> I wonder who he's talking about. Maybe you? Sometimes there can be a part of us out of fear, lots of other motivations that, that doesn't like to give. Not only does God love a cheerful giver, I want to suggest we're going to learn he is able to make you a cheerful giver. He is able to teach you things and grow your character so that the part of you that loves to give just keeps getting bigger and bigger and keeps getting fed and nourished says, verse 8, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. I love that scripture. Can you qualify it more, Paul? I thought we were never supposed to use every and always and all. Yeah, he didn't get that memo. God is able to make all grace abound to you, all things, all times, having all that you need, you'll abound in every good work. As it is written, he scattered abroad his gifts to the poor. His righteousness endures to ever, uh, forever. And in verse 10, it says, now, He who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food will also supply and increase your store of seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of God's people, it's also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you proved yourselves, men will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace 
God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Giving is a powerful force. That's what the scripture's saying. And I think Paul brings out some great observations about a lifestyle of giving. If you're taking notes, write these down. The first is giving expresses gratitude to the Lord. Giving expresses gratitude to the Lord. Paul said that in Philippians 4. He talked about their gift to him was received as a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. He's talking about when you give, you're saying thank you to God. Jesus said in Matthew 25, 40, the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. This all is based on this principle, this idea that God gave first. Everything we had comes from him. And a response of gratitude and thanksgiving is when I give to someone else. That is a way, the scripture says, a way for me to say, thank you, Father. I recognize that what you've done and what you've given is is so abundant. And I just want to bless someone else. What's interesting, and I don't think any of us would say this outright, but I think sometimes... I think, I think anybody who understands how much we've been given by grace, how, how much we don't deserve the salvation and the blessings and God's grace that has been poured out for us, if we really understood that, I think we all would say that theologically, oh, yes, I understand that, we're all sinners. I think sometimes in church circles we kind of we say that, but we believe, yeah, but we're better than some of those real, you know, the scumbags out there. We're not like that, right? I mean, there's this, 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 this distinction. If you believe that, Let me just say to you, you would be wrong, dead wrong. Find the darkest corner of the city. Find the the worst sinner you can imagine. And without Jesus Christ, you and I are exactly the same. Every bit is self-centered. Every bit is lost. That's what the scripture teaches. And maybe you were raised a little bit better so you know how to dress it up and clean it up and hide it a little better. But the point is, the rebellion in our heart without Christ makes us as lost as the most lost person you could drudge up from the darkest corner of any city on the face of this planet. And what that means is everything that we have is a gift of grace. Every bit of it. Everything. And when you recognize that, when you really let that sink in, it changes you. It creates a gratitude in your heart. The whole point is that God has abundantly blessed and given us everything. His very nature is to give. Acts 17.25 says God's not served by human hands as if he needed anything. Because he himself gives all men, includes women and children too, life, breath, and everything else. Everything. 1 Timothy 6.17 says, Command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. Did you know he provided everything? And and here's the part. Did you know he provided it for our enjoyment? This is one I had to get over, to, to understand how much God has a father's heart and loves to bless because I grew up, you know, I told you before in Pentecostal circles and great, some great churches I was in, but there were some that were fairly hard, you know. And I knew if I surrendered my life to Jesus, he was going to put me in the darkest corner of Africa where I was doing every day what I hated most. And it would just be an opportunity to prove how much I loved him. It was sick. I didn't teach it publicly or anything. But, you know, there's this little attitude you get. You think, I mean, I just had painted for me kind of a, a stern 
hard God. Loving, yes, made the cross available, saved my, saved me for eternity, but boy, you're going to pay for it here on earth. When we first started the ministry, I've, I've told you the stories of how we, we, we really had to walk by faith in that. I mean, we were working in the inner city. We were ministering to inner city people. God didn't let us do conventional fundraising. It was very different. And so we didn't have that source of steady income. The people we were ministering to obviously didn't have any resources and we didn't ask any resources. And so it was one of these times where God said, I want you to walk by faith. I truly want you to see my capacity and ability to meet your needs. And while it was, a, it, it was, it was difficult, it was a very cool adventure. It was, it really was. I still look back on those lessons, those leadership lessons learned, and they give me hope and confidence for the stuff that we deal with at a very different place in our development, but it's same God. But one of the things that surprised me back then, God met our needs, always. I was surprised, and I'm embarrassed to say, I was surprised sometimes by the, just the blessings he brought. The stuff that was in our heart that maybe I wouldn't even have the guts to ask for, but that he just allowed us to experience the, the need opportunities, the travel opportunities, the, the blessings that, that I didn't think I was entitled to. I had no sense of entitlement. God, you owe me. None of that. I, I just, I was just amazed at the, the way God communicated. I'm not trying to make you miserable. God's like, I didn't do all this so I could, you know, exer- have an exercise in deprivation. That's not my heart. He said, I want to bless you. Yes, there are times when Father will withhold things if he believes they're going to, they're going to hurt us. He's a loving Father. Scripture says, and he even disciplines his children. However, what he was communicating is my heart is to give. My heart is to bless. I want you to, I provide all things for your enjoyment. He wants us to have life and have it more abundantly. And I think when we understand that, the natural next step, when I begin to have that, because a lot of times our giving has a bit of a poverty mentality. I'll talk about that more in a second. But, but we, we, when we get past that and recognize, man, God, God wants to bless. Giving becomes the natural response because I've been so deeply touched and impacted by the love of God. 1 John 3.17 says, if anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? When I realize how much I've been given, how much grace I've been given, and I refuse to help a brother or sister in need when I have the means and I now have the opportunity, John's in his letter saying, how can the love of God be in you? The principle is when you keep it, you lose it. When you give it, you keep it. There's something in giving that expresses gratitude towards God. And that changes me. It changes eternity. You are listening to Real Life Radio, a service of River City Community Church, which meets every Sunday morning at the corner of Redland Road in Jones-Malsberger, just inside Loop 1604. You can find details, directions, and service times at their website, reallife.org. And we'd like to take a moment to mention that today's program is made possible by Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. If you'd like a free estimate on your roof for repair or replacement, the number is 210-366-9484. And please make sure you thank them for having Real Life Radio on the air as they're on your roof. And we'll be right back in one minute. And this is Real Life Radio. 
Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at BelieversAcademy.org. Welcome back, and we return to Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church for the conclusion of this sermon, which can be found in its entirety at reallife.org as a free download. And this is Real Life Radio. Second, giving opens us to God's blessings. It opens us to God's blessings. This is very important because I think one of the reasons a lot of us are hesitant to be a giver, whether that be financial resources, time, talent, our our stuff, whatever it is, I think we're afraid. We have fear and it's like, I won't have enough. And what that is, is that's a poverty mentality. You know what I mean when I say that? That is, we look at the world through the lens of there's not enough. There's not enough for everybody, so there's not enough for me. And if I don't get mine then somebody else is going to take it, and then I'm out. And so from this poverty mentality, we, we hold on tight. And one of the things that Paul is trying to get across, Jesus is trying to get across, is God promises to bless those who give. It's kind of a little bit like, though, remember the first time you... Uh, First time you maybe jumped off a dock and you were afraid and you were dumping down into the lake or something and your parents are like, it's fun, you're going to love it. Really, just jump. And you're like, no, it doesn't look fun. It looks like death, liquid death. <laughs> okay, it's my baggage, my fear, okay? Don't laugh at me. I'm just kidding. But you're just there and you're like, they say it's going to be fun, but they sound like they're lying to me because this looks scary. And until you actually jump, when you jump and you live to tell about it and you're in the water... And now you can't stop because you're over and back up out and jumping in because it's so much fun. But you had to go ahead and face the fear and try it before you ever find out that, hey, it's really fun. That's what giving is like. Because God promises to bless those who give. Remember when we talked about the tithe? Remember what God said in Malachi 3, 10 through 12? Listen to this language. I just love this language. See if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that you'll not have room enough for it. Luke 6, 38. Jesus uses similarly extravagant language when he says, give and it'll be given to you. A little bit. No, what he says is, and listen, it's like, okay, we're getting your point. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. And running over, it will be poured into your lap. Sounds like a lot to me. I don't know. And then, and this is a phrase we often, um, we often skip over. For when the, with the measure you use, it will be measured to you. What he's saying is if you want to practice thimble giving, God bless you in the name of Jesus. Jesus loves you. This is his provision for you. God, God bless. Unfortunately, He says to teach us, to break us free from this poverty mentality, that's the measure he's going to use. He wants us to see 
if you slowly lower yourself down to the water, it's a little fun, maybe. But if you jump, it's like a lot of fun. And you're just fine. Father's there. You're safe. You don't have to be afraid. Paul said it. My God shall supply all your needs. And I want to suggest that promise is for givers. He was speaking to givers and he was making a promise to them on the basis of their giving. I want to suggest, and we read it in, in chapter 9 of Second Corinthians, that God wants to bless us so much that not only are our needs met, but we can continue to be free to give. He says, you, 2 Corinthians 9, 11, you will be made rich in every way so that... Some of you are like, want to have church right now. Oh, I knew he wanted me to be rich. Yeah, let me finish. You will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. I think sometimes we say, someday... When I'm rich, then I'll give and I'll do this for needy people and I'll help this at church and I'll I'll do all these great things someday when I'm rich. No, you won't. Because you'll still be you. And I don't mean that to sound like as harsh as it sounds, but it's true. Okay, by world standards, every one of us in this room are rich. And God's not asking you to worry about what you don't have. He's just asking you right now to train your heart and to try jumping in with what you do have. And if when I have a hundred dollars, I won't be generous. Having a thousand or a hundred thousand isn't going to change me. It's not going to all of a sudden make me generous because now I have more to hang on to and be obsessed about. Deuteronomy 15, 7 and 8, and then verse 10 says, If there's a poor man among you, brothers, in any of the towns of the land that the Lord your God has given you, do not be, listen, hard-hearted or tight-fisted towards your poor brother. That's where this concept of tight-fisted comes from. And it's connected to a hard heart. Do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted. Rather, be open-handed and lend, freely lend him whatever he needs. Give generously to him so that without a grudging heart, uh, and do so without a grudging heart. Then, because of this, the Lord your God will bless you in all your work and in everything you put your hand to. Do you know what he's saying? I love that he used that phrase, put your hand to, and he's just talking about tight-fisted and open hand. A tight fist, not only is it not open to give, it's not open to receive. You can't get anything in there. An open hand is open to give, but it's also open to receive. I want to suggest to you that God has this economy where he's wanting to train us, and he wants us to be a conduit of resource and blessing. He is looking for people that he can trust with resource and blessing that will give in such a way, and almost like a vacuum pump, okay? It creates a, a vacuum where the more you give, the more room, more capacity you have to receive blessing so that you'll give. And there's this cycle. And the minute you stop and say, I can't give, or I'm afraid to give, or I'm not going to give, I'm not going to be a giver, you stop up this flow. Open hand versus a tight fist. When you keep it, you lose it. When you give it, you keep it. When you keep it, you lose it. When you give it, you keep it. And last, and I'll close with this. And this is probably the most important part. I want you to hear this. Giving displays the goodness of Father to the world around us. Giving displays the goodness of Father to the world around us. Do you know, I I found it interesting in that 2 Corinthians 9 passage, how many times Paul said, um, your giving will result in thanksgiving to God. Your giving will result in praise to God. I believe we are never more like Father than when we are giving. I think that's what that guy Jerry found out in the, in the story from the beginning of the message. Just this, when this lady shocked him by, by saying, 
are you not Jesus? Because that's what Jesus does. He gives. God so loved the world that he gave. It's his nature. And we are never more like him than when we are giving. I want to suggest when we live a lifestyle of giving, we become a living illustration of the giving heart of God. And that powerfully impacts people around us. Hebrews 13, 16 says, Do not forget to do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God is pleased. Why is God pleased? Because he loves people. He's crazy nuts in love with people. He loves us. I I, I hope you know how loved you are. I mean, seriously, it's a little embarrassing sometimes. He's always pulling out the wallet, showing the angels. Have I shown you the kids? Yeah, you've mentioned it before, God. I mean, really, it's this sloppy love that Father has for us. But what we need to understand, it's not just for us in this room. He loves those people. People aren't yet here. So much so that he gave the ultimate gift of his son, and his son gave up his life. To pay the penalty for your sin and mine. My heart breaks when I hear people talk about God as though he is unloving and unkind, vindictive, harsh. I hear people talk like that and I'm like, why would you talk about someone who you absolutely know nothing about? Because my father is nothing like that. And I can preach a hundred sermons, I tell you, but I will show people more what Father's made of by simply giving. Well, why did you give that? It's in the genes. It's what Father does. It's part of the family business. We get to just carry on the family business. We get to bring not just his message of redemption, although <laughs> that's the heavy hitter, but we get to bring Just his good gifts and his love and his grace through our hands and our feet as we are his representatives, his children in the world. People will get a vision and a picture of father through what they see in us. And folks, that's exciting. When you keep it, you lose it. When you give it, you keep it. Now, some real practical stuff in closing. Um, What do I give to? Well, Kingdom work. Kingdom work is a great place to start. Things that please the heart of God. Things that that help people come to know Christ. Don't ever, don't ever think that you, you shouldn't begin by giving to things. Ministries, your church, your fellowship, missions, works that are helping to spread the gospel. That is eternal life. That's what it's about. Give to kingdom work. Give to the poor. Jesus talked all the time about giving to the poor. We as a church give to the poor. We minister among the poor. We serve the poor. Give to the poor. You can't go wrong. Okay? And, uh, you know, I know it can get hairy and like, well, what are they going to do with this? What? You know what? Don't try to fix everything. Okay? I don't know. I don't know what anybody's going to do with anything I give. Just pray, Lord, should I give? Okay. And I give. I mean, uh, really. And, and, you know, that's a whole other conversation for another time. But I've basically stopped trying to figure that one out. A third thing, just give to people in need. You know, and it might, it might sometimes be financial resources. It might be a neighbor who you just know, you know what? They need their lawn mowed or need help building a fence or they need someone to watch the kids. I don't know. 
Someone at your office. You, you'll see. Uh, here's the challenge, and this is what I'll leave us with. Take, take this. What would happen if we became people who just said for the next few weeks, we're going to st- try to adopt a habit that becomes a lifestyle thing. Walk around and ask God, God, what do you want me to give today? And when you're at work, God, is there somewhere I can give, whether it be the opportunity, resources, um, help, whatever it is. In the neighborhood, God, is there someone you want me to give to? Here at church, in, in your Christian community, God, is there something I'm supposed to give to? I mean, I'm talking about just saying, God, open my eyes. So much, sometimes it's fear that keeps us giving. Sometimes it's just we're so busy, we don't see anything. We have blinders on. Well, let's take the blinders off. Let's commit to say, God, I'm going to look around, and I want you to talk to me about what you want me to give to. I'm telling you, folks, big stuff will happen. Big stuff will happen. Giving displays the goodness of Father to the world around us. You've been listening to Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro. And if you'd like to visit River City Community Church, you can find the details and directions and service times at their website, reallife.org. And if you'd like to call the church, the number is 490-5262. As next week, we'll start a new series called Recapturing Your Passion. As Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church and made possible by Cloud Roofing and cloudroofing.com. And we hope you join us next week for more Real Life. Decisions about your child's education are some of the most important decisions that you as a parent will ever have to make. Hi, I'm Sean Azaro, pastor of River City Community Church, and I'd like to introduce you to an exceptional new educational opportunity available here in San Antonio. We have recently partnered with Believers Academy to form the new River City Believers Academy, a school with a tradition of academic excellence and a vision to prepare students for real life. RCBA equips students with the academic tools to thrive in an ever-changing world, as well as the character and worldview to make the best use of those tools. Each child is unique, so our faculty is committed to using creative and innovative approaches in the classroom to engage different learning styles. River City Believers Academy is an affordable private Christian school dedicated to preparing your student to become a leader in his or her chosen field. We're accepting applications for the fall semester in all grades, from K through 12. For information, call 656-2999 or look us up on the web at believersacademy.org. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.